0: Skin on goal, look at that pass! Hey, look! Goal! Columbus! There well, are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Devsey is tonight again! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game.
1: Oh, it's incredible!
0: Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This- Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day to you. I am Bone, and there is no Beam today, but that's okay. It's around the holiday season, you know. Beamer's been uh, filling in on other radio shows here, and he will be once again filling in on a show today that prohibits him from recording this podcast, but that's all right. I got plenty for you. Um, We are going to talk in a few minutes to John Zadar. John Zadar would be a man of many talents. He is... First and foremost, big crew fan, but he's also a noted designer. He is one of the architects of the Save the Crew movement and a guy who had a lot to do with the messaging, the design, the imagery that surrounded Save the Crew. So I thought, what better person to talk to about the new, much maligned Chicago Fire logo than a guy who actually knows soccer, knows making logos, making brands. And yeah, so I thought that was fun. And uh, we did that a few Well, about a week ago, we talked, and since then, some news has come out uh, about the crew that I think I would have loved to talk with him about, uh, but that already happened. Uh, Also, there was a logo redesign that already happened, too, that uh, didn't go so well. Louisville City, which is in the USL, they announced that they were going to have a new logo. It came out, I don't know, three, four days ago. It was widely panned by everybody who looked at it, including all the Louisville City fans, which is the most important thing. They Number one, I think they changed the name of the club to Lou City, L-O-U City, was like what was going to be on the badge. It just looked it looked very basic and very generic. Uh, so their fans kind of threw a fit, and the club ownership actually came out and said, you know what, we missed the mark, we're going to start over. So John and I talked a little bit about when do you start over. We didn't know that, had hap- that was going to happen, but uh, yeah, so that'll kind of, be something to keep in mind as you listen to that discussion in a few moments. But first, let's talk some crew news before we get to the Zadar interview, and then we'll go from there. The Columbus crew, of course, you might know, have had a busy week in the transfer world. Uh, the transfer window is not even open yet, I guess, but going out and getting transfers, they have had a very, very busy week. Um, so, first of all, I am excited to welcome the Wormhorn himself. Vito Vermhorn is here uh, from. Uh, Norway brought in to play for the crew. They announced his transfer, free transfer, so that's good. Um, But Vito is a big dude, solid built, can play uh, the type of defense that I would like to see the crew play, which is physical, fast-paced, and seems to, again, you're looking at highlight videos. It's hard to know. I obviously wasn't watching uh, Braun, I believe, was the club he played for. I wasn't watching them. I wasn't watching the Norwegian First Division This year, But this is a guy who, when you look at his highlight videos and you look at what he's done in his career, he is a guy who seems to be able to keep up with the speedier players and do it without fouling. He's got four red cards in his entire career, and he's been a captain for his team, which is, to me, another big plus. That sounds like a guy who's a leader. You couple him with Jonathan Mensah. You're going to have a couple very vocal, very, you know, strong-willed guys back there that I think once they can learn to coexist— Between those two, Aloy Room being another veteran defender, especially Aloy Room kind of playing in the same part of the world, right, where uh, where Vito's coming from or Vito Wormhorse coming from. I think some of the cultural issues of just, you know, being able to talk through, like, what they want to do, ideally where they're trying to be, those guys might be a little easier to get on the same page quickly, which you don't always have when you bring in a new defender or a new goalkeeper. So I think that's a very good thing. Vito Wormhoor, if you uh, watch some of what he said, talked about how Aloy Room was an influence when he saw he knew Aloy Room. And when he came to the crew, that's when he started saying, huh, that's an interesting place. Maybe I'll be there someday. So love that signing by the crew. Very excited about that. And then the big signing that hasn't as of the recording of this podcast been announced, but I'm sure it'll be coming down any second. Lucas Zelarayan. or I've been told it might be said Lucas Zelarajan, but whatever. Lucas Zelorayan, he's coming from Tigres. He's an Argentine midfielder. He's 27 years old. Uh, So prime of his career, guy who's playing in the Liga MX and has been solid contributor to a team in Liga MX that has been dominant. Tigres the last uh, four years this year, not the case. But previously, Tigres was a team that was in the finals of the, if you don't follow you know, Mexican League Soccer, they have two, they have a split season. They have the a- Apertura and the Classura. And every year, the two winners of the Apertura and the Classura, assuming they're different teams, they play in the Champion of Champions Cup at the end of the season. It's like basically they take the two half winners and say, all right, now you two play each other and figure out who the winner winner is. Well, Tigres has been in that four times out of the last four years. Not in, well, they still have a chance this year to win in the second half, but. Uh, Lucas Zeloran won't be a part of that. But they have been in that four times and won it three times. So he's been on those teams and been a part of that. So uh, I view that as a a very good signing. Just from the standpoint of being on a winning team and having that understanding of what it takes to build a champion, uh, I think that's a very good uh, sign. You look at his numbers, they don't necessarily jump off the page, right? Now, Lucas Zeloran is a 10. He's a creative attacking midfielder. Uh, he's going to be PIPA's replacement, which is very good. That's a needed thing that uh, has to happen. You look at his numbers and you see 23 goals, 14 assists across 139 appearances. So those to me do not say, oh, my God, that's guaranteed he's the next Carlos Vela. Well, that's a hard thing to predict, and I don't necessarily think that's even what the crew are necessarily trying to do here. What I think they're trying to do is bring in a guy who is a very – great player who is going to be able to create tons of chances for the guys around him. I think they want to bring in someone who understands what it takes to win and I think they want to bring in someone who has a different level of skill than you have seen on this team. When I have watched his highlights, and again, you're watching highlight videos, I have gotten more into Liga MX over the last few years, but I can't tell you that I watch every single league game and I have not watched a ton of Tigres this year. What I can tell you about Lucas Lourdes when you watch him play is This is a guy who possesses a skill that very few guys on this team seem to be able to possess. That is, when he has the ball in traffic, he is a magician at getting through traffic. Now, the other way to look at that, as some have pointed out, is this is a guy who has his head down a lot and isn't necessarily always looking up. That could be the case. Maybe he will be a player that uh, just unfortunately does not look around and has a lot of just one-way directional thinking that doesn't end up getting guys into dangerous spots. But this is someone that has a talent level that I don't think we've really seen on the crew before. Watching his highlight videos, this is a guy, too, who when he gets the ball top of the 18 or anywhere around it, you have to watch out for him. I mean, he is someone who can, with minimal space, 18 inches is about all he needs, a foot and a half. If he can, get his, if he can just get a little separation, he's dangerous with either foot from outside of the 18. I mean, I'm just saying that's – in MLS still, as as good as MLS has gotten, you don't typically see players who are the type of skill level that he seems to possess watching from afar. And Maybe he gets to MLS. He can't get the time and space he, he thinks he needs. Uh, you know, if he has more of a Pedro Santos vibe to him where he also takes a foul every single time he gets touched, I could see that grading on people. I know that's not something that a lot of crew fans are excited about. But I don't know that that's going to be the type of player he is because he does get himself through some pretty hairy situations and come out on the other side. And what I like about his game is that he seems to have the ability, when it is kind of tight spaces, he can get through it, get out into the open, and then I think the acres of space that he creates after he does that allows him to have so many more opportunities. This guy is very direct, he's going to be a very different player than Pipa, even though Federico Iguain certainly wasn't afraid to shoot. Certainly wasn't afraid to, you know, find a way to get a goal. But I think his primary function and his primary objective was to set up other players. Uh, I think what you're getting in Lucas Zelarayán is a player who is going to be looking for a shot more often than not. And if Crew play and if Crew fans have been complaining that you have a bunch of guys just screwing around, kicking the ball around the 18, and nobody wants to really take a shot, I think that's going to change, right? Especially. You look at Luis Diaz, what he did this year for the crew when he came on, having that speed is going to create problems. Having a guy with this skill level of Zelorayan, I think will create some problems. And Jossie Zardes is going to be sitting there saying, I mean, his role is going to probably change too. I don't see I don't see Caleb Porter using him quite the way even he was used last year. I definitely see Jossie Zardes being a guy who's going to pick up a lot of loose balls in the six-yard box, and all he has to do is just bury him. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's going to be a lot of running in on a defender and trying to finish one-on-one. There's going to be a lot of chances between Pedro, between Luis Diaz, between Zelorayan. Those guys seem to me like they are going to be putting the ball on frame more often than not, and that should lead to more chances for someone to poach goals. And not that Jossie's a goal poacher. He obviously has a tremendous talent to score goals when it's all clicking. We have seen him go through, even last year, spells where it was not clicking. But make no mistake, that guy can also just I'd love to see him get eight or 10 goals just the ball bouncing around him, just blasting it through the net, you know, three yards off the line. That's where I'm kind of seeing his game progress to this year. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this team, but you go through the, you go through what they've built here. You have Lucas Zellerion, who is, like I said, plays championship level soccer, understands what it takes to win a championship. has been a part of a team that's done that and brings that culture. You have in you know Vito Wormhor, a guy who is a leader, a captain, a winner, where he's been playing. Those are valuable assets to me from an intangible standpoint. And we haven't even talked about Darlington Nagby, who is a guy that, last I checked, also won two titles and has pretty much won everywhere he's been too, and is another leader-type guy. You are going to have, up the spine of this team, a bunch of guys who know what it takes to get it done and know how to win. And our leaders and guys who expect have very high expectations. So that to me says Caleb Porter's putting a big stamp on this team. And I know some people feel like Caleb Porter is a jerk. They feel like he is rough around the edges. Uh, He does not really maybe strike you as the player's manager. But I also think it's time for this franchise to grow up a little bit. And not look at everybody as like their best friend. You know, this is this is championship. I want to see this team win championships. I want to see this team get back to what they were in 2008. And the similarities from what happened in 2008 and leading up to 2008 and what's going on right now, very, very interesting. Because if you look how Siggy Schmidt built that team, may Siggy rest in peace. If you look at what he did when he was constructing his roster and the moves he was asking for. A, he brought in a lot of guys. And sent a lot of guys packing real quick. Sent some fan favorites out the door. Sent some people that were beloved. He said, "Sorry, you're not getting it done. You got to go." And he had he had no qualms about doing that. And it did not make him popular with the fan base, with the players initially when he came in. Now people think back on Ziggy Schmidt. They remember the scarf and the you know championship, and just Ziggy was just this lovable guy. Ziggy Schmidt was not liked at first. Once he got here. By some segment of the fan base who was a little ticked that he was taking their favorite players and casting them aside like they were nothing. I'm not saying that that's necessarily what needed to be done before, but Caleb Porter said he's going to come in and put his stamp on this team. He said he wants to win championships and not just MLS Cup, Open Cup as well. Look at this roster. Yeah, they don't have a ton of depth at center midfield. I'd still like to see them bring someone else in who could kind of be that guy, but... They they have a lot of depth almost everywhere else on this team. I think the U.S. Open Cup is something that crew fans should be hopeful for and have some expectations for this year that they can be much more competitive in that competition than they have been in years past. But I look at the similarities, bringing in a guy from an Argentine playmaker like Lucas Elrond is. He's from Argentina. Bringing him in, and if you remember – When they brought in Guillermo barros when Siggy brought him in, now there was excitement about it. People knew he played for Boca Juniors and thought this guy could be pretty exciting. But what everyone who will remember what highlight videos were available to us back then and what crew fans will remember if you were around at that time and you were looking at it, the knock on Guillermo was, oh, he's just a goal poacher. He's old. He's past his prime. This guy sits in Boca Juniors with Raquel May and all these other great players. Uh, Palermo, they're, they're all there, and they're all just feeding the ball in, and he's just jumping on the loose ball and knocking it in. He's not this creative player. He's not this magician. Where's the magic going to come from? Who's going to replace John Wilmar Perez in the magic he had years prior? He wasn't actually a replacement for John Wilmar Perez. But the point being... People thought Guillermo was just a guy who's going to stand at the six-yard box and wait for a loose ball and then kind of knock it in. That was going to be his game. And then what happened? He came here and was one of the best playmakers MLS has ever seen. So my point with Lucas el Aran, it's a different league, it's a different time. There's a lot more film on this guy than even what we had on Guillermo back in the day. What I'm saying is what his role is with Tigres and what he's done at Tigres don't necessarily assume that's how he's going to play here. The skill level is undeniable. The question is, can he stay healthy? Because he has had some injury issues throughout his career. But also, uh, is he going to fit with the mold that they've put together? So I would just caution the crew fans who are saying, and I've seen people say, oh, he's not worth $7 million. That's the other big news here. This is a record transfer fee for the crew. The commitment from the ownership group evident already. They said they were going to spend. They've already started, and I'm excited about it. But some people saying, oh, he's not worth $7 million. All right, Number one, I'd love to know what he is worth. Like people who say that he's not worth $7 million. Well, two other teams were interested in him and that was the price Tigres put on him. Now, if you think that's overpaying, that's fine, but also, have you, have you heard of MLS? Sometimes you have to pay, overpay a little bit to get guys to come to Columbus in Major League Soccer. This is not the sexy destination, as we've been told a billion times from everywhere. But I do think it's okay you can still get guys to come here and play. And I do think that this is something that the crew are well within their rights to go and spend this type of money. You know, the idea that he's not the best player in the world for $7 million. Let's think about that. Because I've seen people say, well, you have to make sure he is the, seven, the best player for $7 million you can get anywhere in the world. Number one, there's got to be a better player that's worth $7 million somewhere else in the world. That's just the numbers don't lie. But you have to find a guy who, A, fits what you want as far as player disposition, uh, the talent he brings, what he can do with meshing with the other guys. You have to find all that. That guy then has to be willing to come and play for you and not just, like, throw a fit and be a terrible teammate. You then have to find someone who is also uh, going to be a good cultural fit for the club. Like, he's going to be able to to get in line with what the coach wants and what everyone is expecting. I mean, it's... It's not that easy. I'm sure I'm sure you know what? There might be a left back somewhere playing, you know, in, in Europe in like a second division league that you could get for seven million, who might be the best player total for seven million dollars. But they don't need a left back, right? They needed a central attacking mid. I love this move. And I know some people are down on it. I'm not. And I don't think it's gonna be the last one. You've seen some of the other moves from Liga MX players coming into MLS in this uh, offseason. I will point out real quick. Liga MX club owners are making it something that that's going to be more of a thing the next few years because Tata Martino, who's taken over the Mexican national team, he had a meeting with the club owners and said, look guys I need you to allow for more young Mexican players to play in Liga MX. You play too many foreigners. I want young Mexican talent to be developed in Liga MX. They have a talented roster. Their U-17 team is really good and his complaint is none of those guys are getting to play because you've hired a bunch of guys from Argentina You've hired guys from France. You've hired guys from all over the world. And so they are paring down the amount of foreigners who are allowed to be on their rosters. Starting this year, they're cutting it down from 12 players on the roster who are non-homegrown to 11. And that's eventually going to drop down to like eight or nine in the next couple years. So as that happens, more players who were previously Liga MX contracts are going to start coming available. And that's going to mean there's going to be more players available for MLS and for the crew so if you want to see where the future is in MLS you should probably start watching a little more Liga MX if you want to find out who's going to be coming here but I'm excited I cannot wait for the season to start the schedule is out August 22nd mark it on your calendars hell is real in Moffray Stadium I, I'm so excited for that game I'm excited for the opener on March 2nd March 1st whatever day it's the first I think it's March 1st Sunday Um, so I'm excited for all that. I don't think the schedule's terrible. I think it's actually pretty good. Some people are mad that the crew aren't playing the LA Galaxy and LAFC and San Jose. They don't play any of the California teams. Uh, Other than, a like, it's a nice place to go to go to LA, watch a game. I mean, I get that, but why would you want to play LAFC? They're, like, the best team in the league. Let's have that. Let's have the crew avoid two of the best teams in the league in the Galaxy and LAFC and then, hopefully, if they play one of them in MLS Cup, then that'll be the first time anybody's played each other, and that'll be a great thing. That'll be a nice little matchup. Long way to go till you get there. I'm just pointing out why would you want to? Why would you want to play LAFC in the regular season? It doesn't make any sense to me. All right, without further ado, I've talked way too long. Here is my interview with John Zadar, save the crew legend, designer extraordinaire, as we talk about all things logo. Enjoy. I brought you on here because. I saw you were kind of frustrated. I was certainly frustrated with this Chicago Fire logo redesign. But I am a simple caveman. I just look at it and go, that's ugly boo. I don't like it. Yeah. But I can't really eloquently describe. I guess I could probably try to, but you're actually someone with a design background. And from what I gathered, you weren't exactly a fan of this design either. But I thought maybe it would be good to have someone who actually understands the process of coming up with something like this. Or, to maybe help us understand how could they end up at a place that seems so far from where they would have wanted to be.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you invi- for inviting me to your cave. Uh, <laughs> it is a cave. I mean, it's, it is, a it is one of those things where, um, it's, it's easy and difficult to be judgmental when you are, especially when you're in the business, because you know the process that goes into it and you know how many hands are, are getting there, you know, getting in the bowl there. Um, and I think that there's good intention behind this design. Um, but I don't feel like ultimately it's executed well for and I, and I just don't think it's gonna it's not the kind of mark that you look at and you feel inspired by, and it's not the kind of mark that has the things that you want to see from a sports logo,
0: right? Right. Yeah, like I wanna say this is a little <clears throat> bit like when Juventus readed their logo, there 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 seems like there's an attempt at modernization and I know there's that I don't know if this is a tried and true thing that's actually used in the business, but I've heard from other people well, you want a child to be able to draw the logo, and I don't know that I always agree with that. But this, if that's what they were going for, I mean, yeah, I guess a kid could draw this. It also, to me, kind of looks like sadly a kid did draw this, and then no one really tweaked it. What?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's there, I, I can see the the thought behind that, right? That is a thing that we common have, commonly have to consider when you're doing design work or or just creative work in general, like copywriting as well. It's kind of um, when you're writing, you have to kind of consider that you're, the people you're writing for aren't necessarily going to be as well-spoken or as eloquent or have the vocabulary that you have. And so... Speak for yourself. <laughs> I have the vocabulary of a truck stop employee from 1974. I don't know well, any words. Then you'd be great uh, <laughs> for, I don't know, Bush Light. I don't know. <laughs> That, that's right that branding will suit you um <laughs> uh, but but at the same time right they're you're developing this brand for a variety of uh, a full spectrum of of um consumers right not just children majority not children i'm sure there are going to be kids that are getting into the sport and getting into the team and, and wanting to go to games and buy the, the jerseys and whatnot but i don't think that I think that on, on the list of priorities when you're designing a logo, the ability of a child to draw it should be pretty far down the list.
0: Okay, so that's I'm not wrong in thinking that.
1: No, I think that there's I think that there is some some um something wise in that in that concept um because you definitely don't want this crazy insane thing, right, to be your mark that people are supposed to recognize and know is you and and is basically um your face to the world. But I mean, you look at some logos, like the cruise logo. I wouldn't say is incredibly simplistic, but I don't think children are having any difficulty drawing that. Yeah, um, that's, that's fair. As it's, we saw, it's
0: uh, intricate without being co- like without being busy. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it, it, there's a level of busyness to it, but it's not
1: inapproachable. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to describe it. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, see, there you go.
1: That's I guess what. I See, I, I don't know why you this. even. You don't even need me here. You're well, fine. You're good. Here's,
0: well, you mentioned this though, like. <coughs> you said that a bunch of people probably had their hands on this so do you think let's say you were the designer in that process what are the chances that that design that we saw at the end of that is what the original person who was tasked draw some logos what do you think the chances are that that person got 100% of their vision out
1: there oh zero right you never do right yeah you never do um and like i said i think that there i think you can see there's elements in there that you that were probably um, had thought and meaning behind them, and were just bastardized throughout the process because it, it, the creatives have it, and then their director uh, instructs them to make changes before, typically before you even necessarily present them to the client, right? Because the the director is going to say, "I love this idea here," but I already have a good intimate knowledge of what the client is looking for and their thoughts and how they're going to react, and so let's tune it a bit already before they even see it to try to head off some of the criticisms that they project predict might might come right and then after that you present to the client and in this case right it's a big company it's a it's a multi-million dollar sports company which includes right not just team officials but also league officials because of the way mls is set up so a lot of additional input is coming from two different offices here instead of just one sport one sports team's office, you're now getting the sports team and the le- sports league's office. Um, and, and then their chain of, of command, right? So there's probably an initial group of people that are seeing it and saying, okay, here's what we like, here's what we like, here's what we like, and maybe going back and forth through a few stages of revisions. And then inevitably when they feel, when both sides of the client and the agency feel like they've got it to a point where it's pretty solidified, then I'm sure they probably take it up the chain of command again to probably MLS, t- the team owner, quote-unquote, owner. Owner-operator. Yeah, investor and then operator. Higher league officials as well. So now there's like, you know, I, who even knows how many it's gotta people... It's got
0: to be a pain in the ass to be a designer in that situation because you're like, yeah. okay, you want, me to, yeah. you want me to make something, but you already know what it is, but I don't know what it is. So I have to come up with something that you're going to say sucks until I make it what you have in your head, but you can't draw that, and you really can't tell me how to draw it. So we're just yeah. playing like this massive game of... It, guessing game, more it
1: is, and it depends also like and and what you were, what results from that process also is dependent on how aggressive each side is in pushing for their vision, right? Right, too, because it depends on you know, if your art director or, or ho- designer, I don't know, whatever the creative team lead is, not a hyper aggressive person who's willing to push for the ideas of the artists. Which is is something that I think is crucial. I'm I I fight very hard for what I think is correct because right. this is my job, right? You've hired sure. me to do it. If you know better, then here you go. Here's the mouse and keyboard. You make it. Um. So I I personally think that our opinion, the opinion of the creatives, is more important than the cre- opinion of the suits. It's not like they just look at your portfolio or your what your company website and see the the. the spectrum of work you've produced, assumedly you've sat down for at least one, probably two conversations before the contract is even signed or whatever. Right. Like, So you shouldn't be coming into this with any misconceptions about what our um, style is and approach to this process is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so many people are involved and so many people have opinions, especially in situations like that. Those people all think that their opinions matter and are very important <laughs> and need to be respected and given the time for them to say their opinions. Which is f- fine and great, um, but when the time comes to make the decisions, the people who know what they're talking about are the ones you need to lean towards and trust. So
0: Well, and that's another good point that we get to, because then you have the fans who have, it seems like, roundly rejected this. Now, in fairness, my sphere of influence is mostly crew fans and soccer fans of MLS that like the crew and kind of hate Chicago. <laughs> so <laughs> it's natural for us to all gravitate to not liking this logo, but... I didn't get the sense that Chicago fire fans seem to enjoy this logo. What do you do as a designer when you've worked through all that you just mentioned it's launched and now everyone says, Nope, that sucks. And now you're stuck because you've already made this big, they got photos of models wearing t-shirts. It's, it's done. They're I not mean, changing it's, it. It's,
1: well, yeah, we'll we'll see, right? I mean, because there, there's there's been bigger there's been bigger brands than the Chicago Fire. Not that that's hard to do. Uh, uh, excuse you. That was your first mention. It's Chicago Fire Football Club oh, on excuse first mention. Me, Chicago.
0: You <laughs> You're right.
1: They're pushing for that. <laughs> they're pushing which that, is, uh, which cracks me up because it's like, have you had your eyes and ears plugged the last five years? And how much vitriol and 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 ridicule the crew organization had oh, gotten yeah. from for, for demanding that same thing. That's just
0: are, did, did you are... even know that the fire were called Chicago Fire Soccer Club like before
1: cuz they said we before are no the, longer Wait, before the rebrand? They
0: their rebrand is we are no longer Chicago Fire Soccer Club. We are now Chicago Chicago Fire FC or football. Club. Oh no, I
1: had no idea. Yeah,
0: I they've always been the fire. They've yeah. been Chicago Fire. Yeah. I, I had no idea they were formerly called Soccer Club. Yeah, I had and no idea And now they're either. pushing that onto this
1: terrible rebrand. Yeah. Of, ugh. See, that's just, it, I, I, I have no problem with them changing their name. They're, you can have your name be whatever you want, but you can't force, don't force people to to call it so, something like I that. Know, it's, don't yeah. force things like that because you're not, there's nothing positive that's going to come from forcing something like that. No, it's, um, it's not. And people are going to call it what they're going to call it, right? Like the pros will do that because they want to maintain a positive relationship right, with the yes. working relationship with the club. So they'll follow the rules, but it sounds ridiculous.
0: And it leads to a bunch of those professionals who for years have called it the fire saying, well, you know, the fire. I'm sorry. Fire FC. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Fire FC. And it's just all especially the worst part is like local news anchors who are going from murder to fire to puppy dogs for adoption to yeah. sports news. They're not they don't have enough time to pay attention to all this. And then they the people that are actually going to talk a little bit to local people in your metro area. They are going to stumble over this, cons- as we saw here, where yeah, every news anchor right. still now is like, the Columbus SC crew, soccer. Right. And you're like, no, no just the crew. Just Let's call it call the, crew. the crew. It's Everybody fun.
1: knows what you're talking about. Yeah. No one's confused when someone in England says Spurs, right? <laughs> Everyone knows <laughs> yeah, who they're talking about. Mean, are you talking Tottenham? Tottenham Spur, Hot Tottenham. Spurs Football Club. Like, no one says that. Like, get over <laughs> yourselves. Just, yeah, you're right. You say Spurs, you say Tottenham,
0: and you've got it. Yeah. Uh, So part of this rebrand, too, the fire did. I, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on this. Because for people who don't know, John had a big hand, too, and all of the saved the crew. Uh, You were part of the team, not only that designed all that, but also had a big hand in the messaging behind, like, okay, here's what we're trying to say with Save the Crew. Let's stay on message. Let's not get off into the weeds about how much we hate pre-court or yeah. how much this other – you guys were very good at focusing in on this is what we are, this is what we aren't. Let's just hammer this one thing home mm-hmm. as best we can. Yep. So the fire were apparently – their fans like this. This is a thing that they have kind of marketed around was the phrase tradition, honor, passion, period, period, period. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. I'm, now, I'm familiar with that one. Right.
0: So they've decided we're going to keep that, but we're switching our primary branding now to this: be Chicago, be football, be a club. What? I'm not making that up. That's
1: that's their new. But and they kept the other thing. I'm confused. They said that's where well, that's not going away. Oh, but, but you know what that but means. It's, what they say it's secondary. It's secondary. We There's, might use it once every year.
0: We are be, so everywhere you go in their stadium. It's going to be Chicago, be football be a club yeah
1: that's not good
0: just the going from be chicago be football be a thing like yeah. that 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 alone will drive me nuts if i were a fire fan of just like you didn't even stay consistent to your own little thing you're
1: trying here yeah that that is right up in line though with with what they've presented this as which if you saw like the announcement hype video it's it's very in trend for soccer teams, at mostly soccer teams, because there really aren't other sports teams coming into existence or doing big re- rebrands. Right. So it's re- mainly American soccer teams. <laughs> but the hip thing, the thing that's in trend now is like, oh, be authentic. The, your insert city here, whatever. Like, right. Columbus is hardworking. Columbus is passionate. But 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 but. Like that, and like cut together with scenes of like hip youths in alleyways with art on the walls and like, A a scenic shot of downtown from a drone, and like, yeah, and that's that's what that is. It's Ob Chicago. Well, no shit, dude. We live here. Like, (laughs) what else am I gonna be? This is the city I live in. This is the city the club is based in. But no one thinks that. I don't walk around today going, well, I better go to Meijer because I'm B Columbus. No, because if you're being, if you're genuine and authentically that, you don't have to tell anyone that, right? right? Like a a bee flying
0: around getting honey. It's not like I'm a bee today. I'm getting honey because I'm a bee. It's like no, it just is, and you don't have
1: to. To... be a wolverine lose at football like what <laughs> right why yeah, is that's that, your slogan. Why is that wish, your slogan i wish they
0: would make that their i don't slogan. understand no you know it's funny though you mentioned that those hype videos and again i know the crew even do this a lot of yeah, the crew
1: is guilty as well the crew i don't get I, me started I, on I, the crew
0: i know there's there's a lot of things though that i think now close your eyes and if you envision what i'm about to tell you is like a heavy drum beat and on the drum beat an image flashes of like a guy running fast mm-hmm. in slow motion. Like he's, you can tell he was running fast, but they slow it Boy, that man down is quick. And you it's can just, tell. Dum dum, and then that yeah. guy's running, and then dum dum, and it's fans in slow motion throwing themselves in the air, yeah. and then dum dum, and it's like a zoom, a pan out of like a guy staring at a camera in a crew jersey yeah. or in a soccer jersey, and then boom, boom. And then the droning music starts with the big techno droning. Yeah. Like, sounds like you're in uh, the yes. Inception music. This is what I always call it. But, like, that music, and then drone footage of City. Drone footage of you got it. We've drone, storyboarded like, it. You
1: can go outside so. and shoot this right now. We don't need...
0: I, what's funny is, I'm saying that because everybody listening has seen a video that I've just
1: described a thousand yeah. times, and not just... Well, it's beyond just the sports... Re- it's team rebrands, right? It's, yes. it's Adidas uh, commercials. It's like that is the thing now, right? Like, oh, be your authentic self, which is uh, totally you, and definitely not like this corporate brand that we're projecting on mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah, be you, be you. Yep. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's unfortunate, man. I I, I can't it's, imagine how yeah. frustrating it is when you're in that business and saying, yeah, but what about other ideas? And they're like, no, give us the thing everyone
1: else has and yeah. do it different though, so it's ours. It's just so boring and tired and over overused, and you're just like, okay, like it was it was good at one point, right? Like I the, can't deny it when was, I see
0: those hype videos initially mm-hmm. for my thing, I'm like, oh, we got one of those. Yay. And then I go, oh. After you see it, like the 18th time they make one of those videos for your thing, you're yeah. like, all right, this is what we do now. Now yeah. everyone's got it. Yeah. It's but nobody's cool.
1: doing anything different. Some minor league teams are doing different things, which is great. What's in, uh, so, but, so help
0: me out with that. If if today the fire said, "Okay, John Zadar, we're sorry, we've completely I screwed this up." I don't forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't forgive. <laughs> there them. are Great.
1: decades of hatred. That <laughs> I have to forgive, and I'm not over
0: it. All right, let's pretend it's not the fire, but some team like what the fire just did says you're in charge of fixing this. Yeah. What do you do? What do you like? Where
1: do you do you go back and uh, you got? I think you got to s- kind of start it over. I mean, maybe there's a point in the process. Early on, where you can revert to the initial group's thoughts and and icons and things like that, and go, okay, there's some like I said, I feel like there's thought and 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 some good ideas behind it. Right. So maybe you can go back to those things and rework it. Yeah. Um. But it's just there's not a lot to, there to there's not a lot in what they've released to to build off of that I think is is a good starting block. So. Right. Um. I I think you'd have to start fresh, and you've got to find. Things that are real and matter to the city, and um, you know, working things like the crew did with the, the checkers is the flag. So, the fans have like, is, is it a little bit corny? Yeah, maybe kind of a little bit, but it works and it makes the, the fans feel connected and part of it. Yeah, and that's what matters. Well, right? It, it,
0: so, there's a level where things go, especially in, in, in any form of art, like movies, this happens a lot, obviously, where you have fan service. To a point of detriment. Yeah. But there is a level of it where it's like, hey, we're trying to give people what they want. Like, yeah. sometimes you can go overboard and it's like, what, dude, Star Wars, Planet Full of Wookiees? You want Baby Yodas everywhere? Okay, that's all the movie is now. Like, like there is a way you could yeah, go- That's called
1: Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yes, you could go completely over where they were just like, how about both of those ideas but something that no one wants, yeah. Ewoks. But the point being like, you can go too far with that, but there's a level of it of saying- you don't want to give the fans nothing that they want, because then they're just going to reject it. So yeah. you've got to find that balance. And I think you're right. The Crew did a little bit better job with, hey, you like black and gold? You like checkerboard? You like those flags? We threw that in the logo. There yeah. you go. That's I think for you. the Crew's
1: l- current logo uh, looks sharp. I don't necessarily think it's a world beater, but I think it's good, and I think it's one of the better ones in the league for for damn sure. What are so. what are some
0: logos you think just that you've seen overall, either in MLS or otherwise, that you say that's that's good. Like maybe if it's current or maybe if it's old, but just things that you think, wow, that's they've really kind of – they got what they're trying to do.
1: I think that there are elements in the new Miami logo that I really like. Um, okay. I don't know if it's – I know that one's been also kind of a point of contention,
0: but it is it is different. It, but I
1: think it's different, and I think t- to me – no, I might be wrong, right, because I don't live in Miami, and I'm not – I've I maybe been to Miami once when I was a kid or something, so right. I don't I don't know what they – what they want, or what what feels Miami to residents of Miami? Sure. But to me, I think that that feels Miami. Yeah, like it, the the pink and black. Yeah, the pink steam, and the black. The, it,
0: the the what is the the. It, Maybe a heron? a heron. I don't Any, know. Whatever. Either yes. way,
1: they've got the birds on it. Giant bird. Anyways, it, yeah. But it's. Uh, but I think it's good. For it, sure, to it's me, unique. And like yeah. the color palette gives me an attitude and feel of like oh, what I think of when I think of Miami. Right. You think of like, oh, we're going to Miami. What are we going to do? We're going out. Like we're partying. We're clubbing. We're like the bright yeah, yeah. colors. Like yes. almost like um, well, like Vice City ish kind yeah, of thing. It, right. It, like, it does give <clears> it a
0: bit more. To your point. If I'm on the outside, that's what I think of Miami. Maybe, but that's, maybe, right. but that's, maybe what, in that's Miami, what I'm saying. They hate that. Maybe they feel right. like that's that's a trope. But yeah. I agree with you that that does seem to represent them. And there's a part of that, I guess, that's important: is representing your city to the outside world. Yeah, yeah. I the the Fulmingo people up in Madison with the they're you know, one of the forward Madison, they're one of the best. Yeah, they do a great job. They're and a I, killer. Since we were talking about birds, large birds, I yeah. think that's that's just fun, though, right? It's like but, what would totally that's... not re- that goes the opposite way of like what would not represent our city. Flamingos. Yeah, perfect. Let's everyone. When you hear Wisconsin, you already have this vibe of cheese and snow and cold and fat people like me. Like this is what you think. And they're like, "Cool, we're gonna go flamingos and bright tropical colors. Enjoy."
1: Yeah. and they and they kill it with their marketing. Like, yeah, for sure. Their branding is is really fun, clever. It stands out. Uh, the things that they do, what like the what were they doing the other day with a potato? And they were like, <laughs> they had like a guy's face inside of a potato, yes. and they were like, we're gonna reveal our newest <laughs> signing, uh, in inside this potato. Yeah. and we're like, I was like, like okay. They had they sure, had why not
0: gravy boats for sale for Thanksgiving? Yeah. they with were the logo spelling on it. out another one of they, their new yes, signings in snow in on snow, their field. Yeah, on the live stream yeah. where, and they started with the last letter and worked yeah. their way backwards.
1: That's the, the that's the kind of stuff that first of all, the kind of stuff you have to do with a minor league team because. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not really gonna get any attention. Yeah, and it elevates you to the level of of attention that like major league teams are wishing they could get. Yeah, uh, and just like it sets you apart. No one in MLS is doing things like that. I know. And it wouldn't. It doesn't take a lot of effort or a lot of money. Like they're they're printing a dude's face off and putting <laughs> it inside of a potato. It costs like a dollar to do that. Like, and it had yeah. the entire internet. It, soccer twitter was like in enra- enraptured by this stupid potato well for yeah. a whole day
0: who doesn't love the phrase go full mingo that's their other thing is like yeah. the full mingo i love it like this is just it's it's very smart by them you're exactly right yeah i'll finish with this because i feel like the stronger emotion for people is hate not love even though love is what we're all striving for we have a lot more hate yeah. typically what are some of the logos soccer or otherwise that you see now and you're just like that is brutal. Uh, I can't stand
1: it. That are awful? Awful. The New England Revolution logo is pretty terrible. Uh, I don't know how that still hasn't been updated See, in some that, capacity. that one's
0: weird, too, because I am a fan of, team like, the Fire logo, the old one, had a history to it at this point where it's like, well, it's not something you'd probably do now, mm-hmm. but it's developed a little history. The Revs logo looks, if the Fire logo looks dated, the Revs logo looks like it was Done twenty years before the fire logo was, even yeah. though it was like a, two years before, and it 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 looks like World Cup '94 yeah. logoing just kind of revamped for. And go figure that's when they probably designed it. Was right around the same time.
1: So here's something i'd I'd be interested to hear your opinions on. Okay, I know you're. I know you're a. I know you're a Cleveland boy. Okay, it's fine. What do you think of the Browns logo being an orange football? <laughs> I hate it. Yeah,
0: I hate it. It's, exactly. It's, yeah. it's dumb that there is, and I like. I hate every time I go to buy a hat for yep. the Browns. I have to I can't get the logo yeah. because it's like I'm wearing a hat of a hat. Yep. Like I've, my hat is a hat yeah. logo. Like I I I don't like the Cleveland Browns being all over the jersey like browns on the pants browns on the shirt it's like did you forget where you live do you have to write your address on your clothes like a child like it just it screams like you don't know where you are it's like oh browns i play for the browns i better tackle the guy who's not for the browns yeah. like what's that knock stupid? at the door
1: oh it's a police officer he found baker <laughs> he was lost downtown
0: yeah, baker Mayfield Baker was around. lost downtown he, we was brought him home. Get, he was trying to get into heinz field and they're like no yeah. you don't play for the steelers yeah. you play for the browns look at your shirt but that all said on a hat that Cleveland Browns with that font yeah. and like
1: the stripe yeah. of the the word get, mark is nice, but the, the word logo fine. is stupid. I, as just don't like,
0: put it on a hat. Just don't put that on the actual yeah. uniform.
1: Just take all the words off the yeah. uniform. It can be their a branding is interesting. I think it could be really good, but like everything that they do, yeah, they kind of trip over themselves. I know.
0: Were there a lot of people complaining about the Browns right. uniform? No. Were there a lot of people complaining about the fire uniform? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe well, some people were complaining thing. about the tweaks, but like, yeah. were Fire fans like, this is what needs fixed? I think I they were like, more mad about Bridgeview and about the team yeah, sucking and
1: yeah. a myriad of other things that didn't need that didn't need refresh. That's what I think is, is kind of weird, as I feel like we have kind of skirted around the Chicago branding this whole time and not really talked about it too much, but it seems like now with the relaunch that their primary color is blue, which yes, is- Yes, not red. Which, yeah. They I are going- they, I they, don't they, understand that. That's actually a really good point. I didn't even think of that. But um, you're right. All
0: the shirts I've seen that they have are yeah. that new shade of blue. Yeah. The flag is the flag Flag's I saw was blue. blue.
1: Uh, I mean the logo is primarily blue, which yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know, that your main color has to be blue, but right. It might be on a impre- red background. Yeah, the impression like I'm getting from like the merch and stuff is that the blue is like so I don't know if they're gonna have blue be their like <laughs> primary jersey color or, i don't know i don't know
0: you know they'll probably go with a white jersey color because welcome to mls everyone has to have the same damn white jersey well that's
1: what happens when you are uh all owned by the league and the league signs the sponsorship for the jerseys and that yeah. that fcc white jersey they unveiled or like whitish gray the new one right where yeah. it
0: looks fine but it's like guys 90 teams are gonna have that jersey because it's a template like you're yeah. not it's not like you got some
1: cool but T-Bone music. it's the it's the Cincinnati hot chili <laughs> paper wipe jersey or whatever I don't know Right I don't understand
0: all right. Well, Anyways, I appreciate all this info. This has been helpful to me, at least.
1: Hopefully, it was. It was. It made sense. I feel like we were all over the place a little bit, but well,
0: welcome to this. This is what
1: we do. Well, I mean, I'm used to that. <laughs> I've just been yes. sitting here trying desperately not to touch these buttons.
0: Oh no, you can touch them all you want. Um, before we get out of here, anyway, people want to get a hold of you if they are oh. looking for a designer. Maybe how would yeah, how would hire they reach me? I would you? love to do some work sure. for you. Yeah.
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Zadar. That's the word the, then Z-I-D-A-R is how you spell my last name. Or you can email me or go to my website, both of which are uh, com or at Gmail. There you go.
0: So, Beautiful. Yeah. So hire John Zadar. And if you like to save the crew imaging, there you go. This yeah, is the guy who go. was responsible I did, for uh,
1: did that. Uh, yeah. And
0: we, branding and everything else. You could full consultant work here for you. Yeah, That's what you want yeah, to get into. It's basically, just yes. flying you around so you can go, that sucks. I wouldn't do that. Bye. Oh, you want me to make something? That'll be
1: more money. And then you Fantastic. can do that. That's, yes. That's yes. the work to Consulting work is where it's at, to be quite honest, because I just have to Beautiful. criticize mm-hmm. and advise, and then I just walk out the door, and they hopefully don't turn it into more poop.
0: See, our radio show is like consulting work, except no one... They listens. pay us. They pay right. No one listens. <laughs> <laughs> no one listens, and no one. They pay us to do the radio show, but no yeah. company is like, "Thank you for criticizing us. We will now make those changes." They yes. just ignore us, and they're like, "Nope." We well, don't. that's punditry, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. really what it is. You it's could just, have
1: been. You could have literally been telling them how to like shit gold, and they'd be like, "Not interested." Yeah. Well, that's what because I've been, it came out of your mouth. That's what I've I been telling the Browns it. for years. They just won't listen. Well, and the maybe Jackets. they should because. <laughs> No, they should not. What happened to the Super Bowl this year, Tebow? What happened to the Super Bowl? Don't get me started. (laughs) Don't get me started. Thanks,
0: John. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to John Zadar for coming in. That was a fun interview. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, Whatever you're celebrating, if it's Christmas, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, and anything else that is celebrated. I uh, I hope you have a good holiday. Hope you also have a happy New Year. We will return first week of January. I believe we should be back. Beam will be back with me. And I promise you, we will announce where we are doing our viewing party for the next, the first Bone and Beam United Premier League watch party. So be ready for that. Have a safe and happy holiday. We'll see you next year.
1: You've been listening to Bone and Beam United.